Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I also don't fly economy. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, part of the loyalty scheme is you get pretty good rates on you, business. Yeah, you get bumped. Yeah, yeah. You get bumped, baby. Mm. Sorry, nice. Not bad. Um, how was your flight back this morning? You just said it was okay, was it? Yeah, there were loads of um, there were loads of uh, noisy kids, but apart from that, it was good. Joe, you, Andy's having better luck with you than you with, uh, with the old flights. Yeah, although, to be fair, BA were fine at the weekend. Um, so, you know, mm. thanks for that. Yeah. About time. You're getting your act together, maybe. I don't know how you guys spend so much time away from your families. You're always travelling, always. It's only brief, though. Maybe we're simply obnoxious and they don't like having us at home. Yeah. (laughs) Or the opposite. Chaps, PSG lost to Rance last night, um, and this was set against a backdrop of what I thought was quite an interesting quote from Thomas Tuchel, Reen Neymar. You might better clear this up for me either way, but he said... His man management, second to none. It's, well, I mean, Neymar has come oh, back... Oh, the into, hugs, the hugs. But, but Neymar's come back into the side, scored, scored a couple of important goals, one of which was an overhead kick in the last minute for PSG. And Thomas Tuchel said this week, I can understand the fans are angry with Neymar, even permanently. So I think that's a strange thing to say. What do you think Is he projecting onto the fans how he feels about Neymar? I can understand why (laughs) any of us here would be really fucking angry with Neymar. And um, they lost the game. So what what, what gives? What gives? Well, I don't really take anything from that because medium term, we all know he's going still. They know he's going. He knows he's going. Presumably Barcelona know he's coming as well. So it's just a case of, of, of when. We all know it's a little holding pattern for the moment. And I find it quite refreshing that we're past the point where pretending that, you know, it's, it's not like Patrick Vieira turning around in 2004 going, I never wanted to leave, is it? <laughs> it's, it's more realistic. And I, I, I quite like that. I don't think... Um, really we need to be concerned so much about Paris Saint-Germain 
fans and their annoyance with Neymar because, of course, he got plenty from the Leon fans at the weekend. So they, they, they could take the weekend off. I mean, he had to stop taking corners at one point. Hate on both sides. Because they were they were screw, screw, throwing so many screwed up bits of paper at him that he just said, I, I can't work in these conditions. Right. Fair. And, uh, I mean, Figo had a pig's away. head thrown at yeah. him, but you know. Yeah, you, you shouldn't really be throwing things at players. No, no, you, you shouldn't. And of 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 course, throw the occasional witty epithet. <laughs> yeah. nothing, nothing, nothing more than that. Yeah, True. and of of course, he he made him pay for it by scoring that fantastic late winner. But um, yeah, uh, runs last night is an interesting one. If if there there could be an unshocking shock, maybe this is it because um, runs are perpetually underrated. Mm. Um, they've got. Had for a while now one of the, the the best defenses in the league. What I think is particularly amusing is the fact that they, very much like Mick McCarthy at Old Trafford back in the day, left Udon and Dia, their their two best players, on the bench. Think, oh right, we'll save them for Dijon at the weekend and give them a thrashing. Yeah, <laughs> and then obviously all that happened is they 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 were winning anyway they brought them on in the last 20 minutes Diaz scored a really fantastic tumbling bicycle kick although there has been some question whether Alphonse Ariola, of whom more later would have saved it Kaylor Navas who didn't have his greatest night didn't well I saw that in the keep this morning they were saying that maybe he's vulnerable to uh to balls into in, in the air crosses because he's so used to Sergio Ramos just just calling mine yeah and then that's it and Not maybe he's vulnerable to bicycle kicks and, and that'd PSG, be a strange one aside from having what Thiago they don't really have anyone who takes command in the box in terms of when it's like that's my header although you should never I'm call mine that. you should always put your name on it yeah. otherwise it confuses your teammates that's true so Sergio Ramos and, it's not, him and it's not allowed by the, the rules yeah. either. exactly imagine the career he could have had yeah. he wasn't calling mine all the time Yeah. this is why footballers always talk about themselves in the third yeah. person exactly because yeah. they're just used to call they're just used to shout <laughs> Sergio I even do that playing FIFA Yeah. when the ball comes over and I'm about to header it more <laughs> you've got to make sure you've got to put a name on it um, I mean is that, is that, is that fair criticism of, of Kayla Navas or is it just just these sports newspapers as we see on the constant regularly just needing something to talk about <laughs> I, I think it's, <laughs> to it's, fill it's their different. 55 pages of daily news about a particular football club well yeah. I think I think as well you run out of things to say about Paris Saint-Germain don't you because mm. um, the, the league feels like it's a foregone conclusion I mean what I think is interesting is the fact that with that slip up and they, they did look ever so flat, really, really flat. Even when Chupa Moting had to come off at, at the end of the first half and Di Maria came on for him. That's right, Di Maria came on as substitute, even with their injuries at the moment. Mm. And, you know, we know Mbappe and Cavani are on, on the way back. Icardi sort of, was injured as well, no? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That, that, they, um, he's going to take a little bit longer. I think he's going to take another week and a half. But, you know, they still had a front three of Sarabia, Di Maria and, and Neymar. And yet they they really didn't create much. Like I said, a lot of credit for that has to go to to, to Rance and uh, David Guillon, their, their their coach, who's done an absolutely terrific job. Sporting Guillon, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he certainly was at the end. Is he yeah. sporting or is he unsporting? <laughs> but what, what, when you say Rance are underrated, you actually tweeted Andy saying they're perennially perennially underrated. Um, Andy's rating them though yeah well, not anymore not on this show what, what what do you think is realistic for them this season and also and that, a little um, little tip of the cap perhaps to Angers as well who are uh, second in the league chapeau yeah, yeah and chapeau, a chapeau to them yeah. and bear in mind what's happened to Angers like, they lost their best player Jeffrey Adelaide to, to, to Lyon after the first game and then they lost 6-0 to Lyon in the second game mm. and to come on from that and finish second well it's, it says how other teams have been tripping over each other to give Just away points yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you think when uh, they lost Adelaide they'd go, they'd go down under <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah yeah yeah. Don't look at me, Andy. You make it, <laughs> I didn't tell him to tell that Sorry, shit Adam. joke. Don't look at me. No, 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 we didn't plan this before you turned up. <laughs> I have my doubts. Yeah. I have my doubts. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, Rans are different, of course, because they've, they've won they've in got... Paris and in Marseille now, right? Yeah. And yeah. Lille? Uh, uh, no, just those two. But in the last year, they've. they've yeah, they've... And, the, and they beat they beat Paris Saint Germain at the end of last season as well when Paris Saint Germain were in bits and had no players left as, yeah. as, as, as well. But I think to win away in Marseille and Paris before we even get to October is, is pretty fantastic. I mean, Rans have obviously got a huge history as a club. They're very tied up with um, 
the formation in the first couple of years of, of, of the European Cup in the, in the 50s. Um, so having them back in the top flight is, is nice, but having them actually being competitive and, and tough is, is, is something else. I mean, you know, they won those games at Marseille and, and Paris without conceding a goal either. Mm. It's very, very impressive indeed. I think maybe top six... Um, I think holding on to Unai is, is absolutely huge because it looked like he would go for a, a, a long time this summer and he, he didn't in the end. His, his move fell through. So that, that means something to them. But I mean, they could finish fifth and it not even be a European place. We've got to bear that in mind as mm. well. So I think to say that they would get into Europe is a little bit Well, remember premature. there's that third Euro- UEFA competition coming. Yeah, the UEFA. The Europa Conference. Conference, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but of, of course, there's going to be no French League Cup from next season to win to get in it, is there? They're they're abolishing uh, the Coupe de la Ligue after this season, and you know there's been some discussion, hasn't there, all over Europe in recent days? Should well, everyone follow suit? Well, yes, after after Portsmouth's result in it this week, <laughs> very 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 happy with that. That's the spirit. But do, Ron's, do they have trouble uh, scoring goals? One of the lowest scorers in the league so far. I think they've got six goals in seven games. Is that going to come back to haunt them at some point this season? Going to catch up with them? Well, yeah. There's 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 a lot of pressure on uh, Udo and Diat to, mm. to, to 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 provide the goals. But having said that, you know they're a side with a certain budget I mean what are you going to do I mean they're not going to go out and buy someone who scores 20 goals a season it's simply not possible everyone's got a muck so in, it needs to be a it needs to be a team effort I mean you think Monaco have got a pile of goal scorers and is it doing them any good it was this week well yeah but I mean I have to say first win uh, <laughs> of the season at the end of September I mean admittedly against Nice admittedly in the derby and admittedly it's, it's probably saved Leonardo Jardim's job for the moment, uh, mm. uh, at least. But you look at the the talent they've got on the books. You look at the money they've spent. I think Lekeep, um described it as uh, galactic prices for disastrous results uh, before the game. <laughs> what is that to, in French? What to, is that in French? Does that sound more? Is it roll off the tongue easier in French? That. <laughs> No, it's pretty much so. Okay, thing. right. But it just sounds better in French. It's, it's like obviously. I mean, this is a digression, but I think the Sun newspaper yesterday or the day before around this around this um, Boris Johnson prorogation decision mm. used a headline which was a pun on a comedian who hasn't been around hasn't been on TV for 45 years which Jim Davidson fr- was it Jim Davidson? I don't think it was Jim <laughs> Davidson yeah, he was probably involved in some some capacity but anyway that's that's a digression so Monaco are still in big trouble um, we've seen a lot of chat about, about Zinedine Zidane going back to Real Madrid and we'll come on to that a bit later I'm sure but is this just a shining example of why you should never go back? Maybe. I mean, some would argue Jardim never went away, even when Thierry Henry... Would Thierry Henry argue that? Uh, maybe. Even when Thierry Henry was there, he was still living just down the road and, you know, they saw him around and about and he was he was there to catch them when that, when they fell out the window, basically. So, I mean, I mean, Jardim knew at the start of last season, didn't he? We talked about it on, on here at the time, that it was going to be difficult. Mm. And that was what really marked his card and eventually paved the way for Henri to, to, to pick it up, wasn't it? The fact that he'd said, well, this is going to be a tough old season because he knew what was happening in terms of the club infrastructure. He knew, about, uh, of course, about Luis Campos going. Um, he knew about the transfers as everyone else did, the cumulative loss of, of, of talent. And that's the thing. It's it's not just about players going and so many players going. It's about replacing them and, and, and trying to replace a whole team is really, really tough. I mean, like I said, there's a lot of quality there, but you know, does it all really gel together? I mean, there were promising little bits, and I think we have to say against Nice, who did have a couple of their their, their best defenders out. Uh, Dante was was missing, and I think Christophe Arell as well. So that obviously helped Monaco but I, th- I think the click between Slimani and Ben Yedda is, is, is very promising mm. um, Golovin had a very good game on the night but he's been wildly inconsistent since mm. he arrived but there's so many moving parts around him I don't really well, know whether you can blame him from that there's been a lot of talk this season about Cesc Fabregas and have his legs completely gone well they kind of circumvented that question by moving him forward to play just behind the front two. And that actually worked pretty well. And I, I think 
medium term, that's going to be the solution for him. The thing with Monaco is that, um, yes, it's Jardim's second spell, but this is almost like his fourth or fifth job at Monaco. Mm. No, it's, it's a team that <laughs> wears the same colours, has the same badge, but wholesale change almost every summer. Um, not just in the dressing room, but in the boardroom as well, as to mm. who is doing the recruitment, who he's answering to. And I think when you base yourself on a kind of trading model, then you are hostage to how good your recruitment is. And I think it's very difficult to go through five or six players every summer, every window, and have consistency, repeat success, particularly on the expectations that they they set um, in well, the first couple of teams that he had, the one that reached the quarterfinal and then the one that they reached the semifinal, two very different teams. One that was ex- with, what, Kondogbia in the middle, ex- extremely good defensively, and the other with, with Mbappe up front, mm-hmm. which was very good attacking. And I think, in some respects, I'm not going to judge Jardim on, on, on what's happened over the last kind of 18 months. I just think it's very difficult to normalise um, this kind of instability um, that there is at Monaco. Mm. Um, and, you know, there are very few clubs that are able to do that. And even, you know, the kind of models of them, the likes of Sevilla, um, for example, and I, would, I was going to say Udinese in the past. You look at Udinese, <laughs> Udinese now for different circumstances. Yeah, it's, it's sometimes a case where players, teams that are run on this model are good for three years and it takes maybe five, six, seven years for them to put together another team and get it right yeah. again. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's a, it's a complicated situation that I don't think reflects poorly on the manager. Mm. Um, at least I hope, yeah, because I think he, he is deserving of a very big job, um, a traditional elite job at some stage. Speaking of which, you know, who's uh, having a having a little sniff at the moment and was rather hoping that Monaco lost to uh, Nice on Tuesday night, Sporting. Sporting. Oh, really? Interesting. His, yeah. his old club. I mean, that, that would feel like a, a backward step, wasn't it? He's, yeah. he's close with the president there, Federico Fernandes. Um, but yeah, I, I, they they still see it as the impossible dream. But who knows if he's got a little gap to fill between jobs? Andy, um, Famalicao, a team that will not be familiar. That's what I take when I get a call. <laughs> will not be. I try and put a pun in with familiar and familiar. Yeah. Pretend I did that because most people will be unfamiliar with them. <laughs> I don't think anyone listening that's that's um, not anyone because there's some absolute, you know people listening. Some of them are all of Portugal. Some of them are absolute perverts. <laughs> but familiar are not a household name. So, suffice to say, it's their first. Um, stint in the top flight I believe for 25 years yes it is and um, they sit top of the table in Liga Norsch, um having beaten the aforementioned Sporting away from home last time out yeah and uh, we'll mention a bit of the Sporting crisis in a minute oh is it a crisis is it Again. oh it's a, it's a proper crisis great excellent news yeah. so even by their standards yeah. Andy yeah. Oh, yes. Well, this is the thing, James. It's brilliant. It's like home and away. There's never more of some ridiculous storyline. So give give Famalicao their dues first. Oh, yeah, that's that's much more important. And then move into, into Sporting. Yeah, let's. Um, Famalicao is a really interesting story um, because they were bought in uh, 2018 by Iden Ofer, yeah. um, Israeli uh, businessman, energy magnate, whose um, family name, people, certainly people in... in um, London and art fans might be quite familiar with because he's from a very rich industrialist family and his dad, Sammy, heavily funded quite a lot of the the, the Tate Modern. Mm-hmm. So you have an offer gallery in there, I think, and um, various offer halls and all, all, the, all the rest of it. Anyway, um, Eden, his son, is interesting because um, as, as well as being a very educated and a, a very successful businessman in his, his own right, he also owns over 30% of Atletico Madrid. And uh, he got involved in uh, for Malacal last year. Now, they've actually, in, in recent uh, days, it increased their shareholding in the club now to 85%. So... Put a lot of new players as well, haven't they? Yeah, they're that, that always going to have to. 18 or 19 new players? Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's not really that unusual. I'm rubbing my chin here, Andy. 
You say there's a link with Atletico Madrid, Portuguese side, signing lots of new players. <laughs> What's going on? Sounds a bit far-fetched, doesn't What's it? What's going on? Well, there is there is some British input as well. Uh, Josh Tymon, he's, he's out on loan there at the That's moment. Right. Left, Hull, Hull's, Hull's yeah. very own Josh. Yeah, he's, he's, he's representing. Is, is he on loan from Hull? He's on loan from, He's on loan from Stoke. Stoke, that's right. That, yeah. that was perhaps my favourite bit, actually, James, just for a little aside of the Leeds United documentary. Yeah. You know, where the, the really fanatical dad is sat down with his two sons and he goes, ask me any big club. And I bet you I've been to see him. Ask me over a big club. And his son <laughs> goes, Hull? <laughs> Good lad. <laughs> it's fantastic but Tymon didn't get on off the bench against Sporting though did he no he's, he's had a mixed start to the season actually um, he's, he's had a few difficulties with, with some of the trickier wingers um, but it's, it's interesting to see him out there and I'm, I'm sure he'll have a good season um, because the confidence there is absolutely sky high at the moment and they've been talking about this visit to Sporting who is the, the first one of the biggies that, that they've yeah, played. Yeah, because they've a very gentle start for fairly, fairly, fairly well, gentle. They, they had to play up the road at, um, at Guimaraes yeah. uh, and I think when, when you know about Guimaraes and the, the, the partisanness of it and the atmosphere and the fact they're a pretty good team as well under Ivo Vieira, um, it's, it's a tough game and that they got a draw out of that and that they felt that they could have won it. I mean, uh, João Pedro Sosa, their coach, spoke afterwards about, okay, maybe we didn't deserve to win it, but we could have won it after mm. um, Fabio Santos got their equaliser in that. Mm. Um, I think that made them think, hang on, we're onto something here. And th- they've got points out of a lot of different situations this season. So, like... Uh, Sebastian uh, Cuates. Oh my God. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> everyone's got points out of Sebastian If we're talking about mixed season. starts of the season, let's just give our, our lovely listeners a, a, a quick <laughs> reminder of the last three games Sebastian Quartes has played for Sporting. It's, um, it's, it's not a mixed start, though, is okay, it? He's looking for a mixed start. That'd be an improvement. Consistent, for consistently yeah, bad. Yeah. Own goal. Game where he conceded three penalties and got sent off. Yeah. <laughs> Hat trick of centre backs <laughs> against against Real. Have that one. Uh, and and then another own goal against for Malakal. And then the <laughs> own goal to win the game for for, for Malakal. Eighty eighth minute. Bruno's good job because I don't think Bruno Bruno Fernandes played for Sporting that game, did he? No, he didn't. He and was so, suspended after yeah. being sent off against Bovich. So he was lucky. He was the previous week. I think he would have probably down tools there and then. Yeah. Well, well, I think that kind of helped. Uh, for Malakau as well the fact that they, they were trying to find a, a post Bruno Fernandes solution which at some point they're going to have to find any, anyway aren't they and they played a diamond midfield hmm. um, Mr. With, Mr. With, Wendell with, in there two up front yes hmm. and um, I, I think I left them a little bit open because for Malakau liked, liked to counter attack but like I was saying before they've won in so many different ways so far this season like uh, they, they, you think that they were um, they beat Passos de Ferreira, they were 4-0 up and he eased up at the end. But they were, they went a man down at Avsh like after about half an hour yeah. and they still went on and won 3-2 uh, in that. Yeah. And then in the Sporting game, Sporting were better in the first half, but from the point that Malikau equalised, like, there was only one win. They were absolutely battering Sporting. And I know Coates has had a difficult time, but you look, Coates and Mathieu, that's a pretty experienced, experienced. centre-back yeah. partnership, isn't it? And th- they absolutely could not get a handle on them. And the Famalicao players have been talking about this game for a few weeks now because it's the first biggie that they were going to play. And because their results have been telling them, you know what, I, I think we can actually win this and that's been something that players internally have been talking about for a while mm. now Fabio Santos who's on loan from Braga and who was in the Porto Youth Academy when he was a kid he started the season very well wide player scored some goals set some up as well and he's when you talk about them being quick on the counter attack he's got the sort of pace that that really helps with 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 that I mean he and his dad, who was a player himself, he came over from Brazil to, and he, he played for Porto in the in, in the seventies. Um, he's he's been he's one of those dads. He's one of those dads who's oh my son's not getting enough games, etc. Right. etc. Cetera, et cetera. He needs to feel some love, and he has felt that love for Malikao, and it's it's been great. And of course, they've got a couple of loans from Atletico as well. I suspect there will be more in the future. I mean, the expansion of their shareholding, I think, shows that. You know, 
people in the wider football world are beginning to think there's a project here worth investing in. There's a project here that could be sustainable. Mm. And there is an opportunity, I think, because, you know, we've talked about it time and time again, outside of Tres Grandes of Porto Sporting and Benfica, only two years in the history of the Portuguese league as a team outside that big three one. Better than Shish and Boavista. Oh, he's good. We talked about he this before. He's good. James and I tried to name him before you turned up, and I had Bernensch, and you had Bovista. Yeah, I got confused. I thought it was Braga, but it's 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 the it's other. It's one bee. of the B's. And Killer Braga, bees. Braga were close yeah. in George Jesus' first year, but it's it's incredibly difficult. So for Portuguese for a, Killer Bees for a team to that's that's not one of those big three, or I suppose Braga to be top, even if it's half a dozen games, is an incredible story. Amazing. Finally, um, James, what month will they be relegated? May. May. <laughs> you think it'll be May? They'll go through to May. And yeah. do you agree with that? Do I agree with Famalicao being relegated in May? No. You think they'll stay up? No, they they will stay up. I mean, they're, uh, they're talking about uh, the whole time they've been going along, they've been talking about stocking up the points. But the way they want at Sporting, I realise Sporting are in a terrible spot. And God, I feel so sorry for the people who were doing like Vox Pops for like Sport TV. And uh, I think Vox Pops should be banned. Well, I, I don't know. Everything. These, these were quite fun because you, you have this, when you watch them on uh, Maish Football or Jogu or one of the Portuguese news sites, you just have this real feeling of claustrophobia as these reporters are being overrun by oh, just yeah. so many angry fans. Yeah. Sounds were, like fan TV, sporting fan TV. Yeah. <laughs> Where yeah. can I watch that? The best ever. The best Let's ever. Let's go and football. make it this weekend. Yeah. The best ever football bo- vox pop was that Chelsea fan. Do you remember that? Chelsea, yeah. <laughs> Chelsea, yeah. We're Chelsea, yeah. Um, were you going to say something about Sporting or Famalicao and James? Well, no. I mean, I, I I thought they were like kind of plucky underdog story. We can all get behind this fairy tale, mm. and instead we Ian find Holloway's out what Blackpool, something like that. They're run by some Israeli energy super billionaire, yeah. and Atletico Madrid are involved. Um, yeah, so you're out. So I'm out. Yeah, okay. I'm out on from Atletico. <laughs> <account. laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Лесо, игрок сборной команды Англии, подрался с игроком сборной команды Норвегии, Берген. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Um, big debut in Italy last night. Uh, Smaldini. Smaldini <laughs> pulled on the number six shirt for Roma in a 2-0 in a, in a loss at home to Atalanta. Um, James, you said to me earlier it was a bit of a reality check for, for, for Roma, but Smalling didn't do too badly. Is that fair? No, he did pretty well. I mean, it was really interesting because uh, Paolo Fonseca has, uh, for the most part, played 4-2-3-1 since he's been at, uh, at Roma. He's changed a few of the pieces um, depending on, on which opponent they're playing. But you could see there was a really clear strategy in this and Smalling played a big part of it because I think what they intend to do is play one of those hybrid systems where you end up playing with three at the back. And uh, he ended up um, starting left centre-back in a back four 
then moving to right centre-back in a back four, and then playing centre-back in a back three. Mm. Well, it's missed and a bit of football. They want to get him up to speed, right? <laughs> exactly. I yeah. mean, a lot of things going on <clears throat> from a tactical point of view in, in, in this game. And I thought he actually did pretty well. And How has he been welcomed, James? Because he's, he's in some quarters of the, of the football media here, he's perhaps a bit of a figure of fun and people think he's perhaps not, wasn't ever quite good enough to, to be a, a, a serious Manchester United player. But on the other hand, Roma fans can look and say, well, hang on, this is a guy who's played over 320-odd times for, for Manchester United. Uh, there was one season where he played, I think, almost every game. He clearly have got, he's got a pedigree. Were they excited for him to come or were they kind of a bit sceptical? They looked at the pedigree in terms of, this is a guy who's played for many, many years at, at Manchester United. He's played for England. Mm. Um, and it was welcomed as a very good signing, um, mm. which you know I think to people in this country will come as a bit of a surprise. Um, but... Shortly after joining, remember this was sort of late in the transfer window, he suffered a kind of, I think, muscle fatigue. They didn't want to risk him because mm. they've got lots of games coming thick and fast, seven in 21 days. And um, this was his debut. And I, I must say, it's a baptism of fire playing against Atalanta. I know people in this country, maybe the only time they've seen him this season will be on BT's goal shows, they got absolutely hammered 4-0. No, but like this is a team who lit Terry up last season. They're top scorers in the division. They love to attack. It would have been a bit of an overload for a, def- for a defensive unit against them, right? Even, even at home. And I thought for, for an hour, um, Smalling and the other defenders around him, because it was actually Kolarov for a little bit playing left centre-back, as mm. we'd seen him do under Guardiola in that, his last season at Man City, and Fazio, Fazio right centre-back. And... He competed very well in the air when uh, Kolarov got forward. He shuttled across, uh, made sure he was there on the cover. He should have scored. I mean, he had a really good opportunity in the first half, free yeah. header on a corner kick. Yeah. Um, and yeah, his header goes wide, just. Um, but on the whole, yeah, if you look at the kind of player ratings in Gazetta and, um, uh, and the other sports papers in Italy today, he wasn't man of the match, but he was Roma's sort of most encouraging player. Well, they terrorised a bit when Zabata came on. Because he, he got one, he almost scored another as well. I wouldn't say terrorised. He started the season again strongly, hasn't he, Zapata? Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. Been, he's been brilliant. Yeah. I mean, again, that was a real surprise about the, the defeat to, to Zagreb, is that Zagreb actually you know, kept that attack quiet and didn't concede against mm. them. James, um, just to interject, how did they hold on to him this summer? I think uh, the lure of Champions League football um, and being a part of something for the last year where I think there was not fulfillment. There was a sense that they could, they all wanted to experience this together. There's a great group at Atalanta. And I think also the ownership there who over the last three years have gone into every summer transfer window and not broken up the team entirely, but, you know, made two or three big sales really cashed in. They wanted to keep the front three and supplement it. So because that front three is, as Luke mentioned, top scorers last year, uh, remarkable when you think, you know, Ronaldo's in the league yeah. and well, just yes, the other teams that are in there. Some yeah, of the other striking yeah. talent around. And he wanted to, Gasparini kind of said, look, we've got players who can um, swap places um, with each other in defence and in midfield. We haven't got players who can swap places with our attacking players. Um, aside from Luis Muriel, who they signed um, in the, in the summer from Sevilla. Mm. And I, I just think this was maybe an opportunity as well, where they probably, took him aside and said, Duvan, um, you know, this, you've just had your best ever season working under this manager. Um, you're onto a good thing here. Mm. And if we put you in the Champions League shop window and you do really well in that, then, you know, you can get maybe more exposure, more attention for a, a last mm. big, big move. Not just a big move to another top City A club, but a move to a big Spanish or Premier League club. And we can make more money from that as well. Mm. So that... It was it was curious this summer at Atlanta with because with the exception of Gianluca Mancini who went to Roma, um, they they kept all of their best players, which you know is is different from how they've been working in the last few years. Yeah, and they've started the season pretty strongly. I mean, best third. best start to the yeah. season in a long time, ten yeah. points but after going, five games. But going back to this morning, do you think you've seen enough that, to see that he might settle quite well there, or is it too early to say? No, I think there's, there's going to be opportunity for him. A because I think they at the moment at least they're serious about. Uh, competing in the Europa League um, Paolo Fonseca is um, and I think if they want to play with a back three 
then they have got the, 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 he's going to get game time. I, I still think Gianluca Mancini, who they signed from twenty three million for, from Atalanta, will probably be their starting centre back. But I think the uh, in in that position. Mm. So, um, but he showed a lot of flexibility last night um, and a, an ability to kind of change roles in game and not let it phase him. And mm. this is a guy who's you know, I mean. He was given a lot of information, I think, to take a lot of instruction to take on board, mm. and didn't um, didn't seem to be a fish out of water. Um, seemed to got 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 to grips with it quite quickly. So I think that was that was pretty encouraging. I always think it's fascinating seeing these players go to different leagues with slightly different styles, slightly different cultures, and see how they adapt there. Um, any any um, sort of tourist tips you can give him? What he should be doing on his day off in the beautiful so, city, historic so, city of so Rome. many. Yeah. Um, but Chris is a vegan. Yes. Um, and so can you recommend a restaurant perhaps that he could go to? No. Difficult around there, is it? <laughs> yeah. I'll take Jonathan Green to a vegan restaurant in uh, Islington the other week right. after Ramble Meats. Yeah. First, he said, first vegan pizza I've ever had. It's bloody lovely. Yeah. He liked it. So, um, Ramble Meats is in M-E-E-T-S. Yeah, But where would Chris be going on his sort of first couple of days off in terms of tourism? What would you recommend? Well, I hope he's actually staying in the city yeah. um, rather than on the outskirts or, or outside, as a lot of the players do um, out there. Um, you know, I would I would probably go to uh, Trastevere um, yeah. and uh, you know, see a bit of old Rome, yeah. uh, a bit of Testaccio, see where the actual club originated, yeah. um, Campo Testaccio. Um, I would I'd really recommend, and this this you know yeah he'll have to keep this from the nutritionists and the fitness staff at yeah. uh, Rome. the nutritionists- fried food? Just go for the fried food, Chris. But will they will they be supportive of being a vegan in Italy? Is that generally a, a, a sort of big thing? Something there? they feel really strongly about. Right. I Tell mean, us about that then. Well, I mean, I've seen I've, I've seen radio hosts who, who who basically think this they they have their hot takes on veganism and <laughs> and end up having like vegans protesting outside and then they'll like stand they'll open the window and like sort of just gesture with a, a big nice mortadella at them like right. you know sort of wave a, wave a salami at them right but, but the, thing. the world's so. the world's moved on isn't it i mean it's it's not just about a country's culture is it it's about elite sport culture and now elite sport culture is a lot more accepting of that isn't it you know you look at all the all the nba players that have climbed on the beyond meat bandwagon yeah. and, and all, all the rest of it that's right but while, while we're talking about um manchester united using Serie A as a great big rubbish bin I, I was in um, you just got back night. from Milan haven't you you, yeah. got back, you flew back this morning Andy for this yeah. show and, um, you were I, into I, that show 1-0 to Inter yeah, yeah and I, I really enjoyed it um, James and I were having an interesting chat actually about um, Romelu Lukaku who is adored there or, or, already um, we were saying I'm not 100% sold on whether the style that Antonio Conte is asking him to embrace totally suits him no at the moment I think uh, his players have still got to understand uh, what service uh, Lukaku um, likes most um, because you can see he's not particularly at ease when they play the ball up to him in the air for him to kind of bring down Yeah. Um, because I think Lukaku is someone who in an ideal world wants the ball to be played in front of him for him to run on to and yeah. he's, he's got the goal in front of him I, I'm not entirely sold on him as a striker who likes his well, likes people, to play with his back to goal. Well, people look at the physical profile of him and also readily assume that he's a back to goal, bring other players into play forward. And he isn't but actually people, that. People really. have no. always assumed that about yeah, Lukaku. That's I, yeah. I mean, I do think he's being asked to perform a lot of similar work to what he had to at, at Manchester United. I understand, like, if, if Inter want to, want to get the ball out, he is a useful conduit to to hold the ball up and that has to be part of his job but that they have to find a way to to play to his strengths more but as you say James they are getting used to Conte a bit more and there's there's nothing that's going to get the players on side more than, than winning games is there I mean five out of five that's going to make people believe in, yeah. in what he does and interestingly I thought another point the way he's breathed life back into uh, Diego Godin I think is really interesting because Godin looked kind of as if he was heading towards being on his last legs in, in Spain last season. Yeah, I think playing in a back three, which is something that he hasn't done before, yeah. um, and he's playing on the right side of it. Um, he he knows that, 
yeah, if he makes a mistake, Divrai can come on the cover. He's got a wing back in front of him, a very diligent one um, on uh, in the derby and in this game, Daniela D'Ambrosio, who essentially can play as a right centre-back as well. Yeah, and he, scored, he scored the only goal of the game, we should point out. Yeah, sort yeah. of uh, redeemed himself a little bit for um, missing from point-blank range in the derby when he hit the post. Uh, it was easier to score than, mm, than not. That, yeah. But he's someone who I think can cover um, for for Goodine and I'm, I was at the the derby at the weekend and what was really impressive um, you see just how streetwise uh, Goodine is because Rafael Leao was playing on his side and Leao is six two so he's tall you can play the ball up to him if you want but he's 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 built like a sprinter and he's very quick on the counter attack mm. and there are t- there are a few times where he either spun Goodine um, beat him with a dribble and he must I think he thought I've got the better of him and. Godin would always recover, uh, which was surprising because, again, you think of the recovery pace needed. Mm. But also, when Leao thought he was being fouled, Godin would come away with the free kick. Right. And I, I think that just, again, just shows just the experience, the nous that he's got. Um, and I, to be honest, I was a little bit... Um, I know he suffered a muscle injury shortly after coming um, coming to Inter. Uh, and there was the Copper America as well, so he, he was late joining. But it looked like uh, Conte already had his back three set, which was Skriniar, De Vrij and D'Ambrosio. And D'Ambrosio has been really good. Um, but now it looks like, particularly for big games or games where their opponents have really good wingers, Godin will play right centre-back and D'Ambrosio will get right. the nod instead of Candreva uh, right, as the right, the right, right wing-back. Back. Yeah. And being but, in the three as well gives Godin the chance to actually bring the ball out more than he did at Atletico. He, he gets to show a totally different side to his... Football well, and personality. Set up, up Sensi's goal um, in the in the win against Udinese, another one nil, mm. and uh, and also was involved in the build up to Lukaku second goal in the uh, in in the derby win. Um, played it out to Barella. Barella crosses it into the box, and Lukaku did his best sort of Mark Hately impression and and, uh, and uh, nodded it in. That's no bad thing. Yeah. Um, what kind he, of reference? He wore the red of of Milan, of course. What? Um, would you like to see Lukaku play up front with Martinez consistently then rather than Politano? I know that Politano started against started last night, didn't yes, he? Yes, he did. Is that because they played at the weekend and he wanted to rotate him around? A bit, yeah. I mean, you, you are a big fan of Martinez, as you make he makes his strike partners look better, whoever they are, essentially. Yeah. But I like Politano as well. Um, Politano, I thought, was, was Inter's best signing last season. Uh, and given some of the players that they, they brought in, I don't think many people expected that. He kind of played quite close to Lukaku first half and then played out wide on the, the right touchline in the second half. And he's someone who is a good dribbler, can beat players, and you need that when you, you come up against teams that play with um, play deep, tight mm. defences. Mm. Um, yeah, he's someone who's got a good shot on him, can score from distance. Um, so he's a good option that they've got, as is Alexis, who came on for the final 10 minutes. Um, mm. And we've seen Alexis do this um, in his brief cameo so far has been able to affect games. Um, he should have scored on his debut. Um, um, Musso, the Udinese goalkeeper, has been sensational this season. Pulled off a great save um, against him in in the 1-0 win against Udinese. And then I thought last night, um, he won kind of quite dangerous free kicks, won corner kicks, helped into kind of hem Lazio in and see out a game which they kind of should have killed uh, yes. and, never, and, and never did. So... I think there's more to more to come from Alexis too. There's a lot of confidence around him at the moment. The vibe around him is totally different, even though he's just had a little taste here and there of first-team action. I, I th- you think his first touch against Lazio got the ball and wrong-footed their entire defence with the back heel. I mean, he got flattened for yeah, his, absolutely. His, his, his trouble. <laughs> but, you know, it doesn't feel like that's something he even would have tried towards the end of his Manchester United spell. Mm-hmm. And um, going back to Lukaku, his brother was on the bench for last year, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. Didn't, didn't get Gordon. on, sadly. Um, how, how long is it going to be before Juventus start getting a bit nervous about a really seasoned, well-respected, clearly very adept uh, Antonio Conte um, flying with Inter, How, at what point are they going to start to think, "Oh God, this is going to be this is going to be tough"? Because obviously Juventus have got a new manager themselves. Probably when they lose the Derby d'Italia in ten days' time. What do you think will happen? I think that's going to be a really good acid test um, for well both both new managers mm. um, because I think it will be the first big test that um, both of them have. Mm. Um, I think. Conte and Inter are further along at this moment in time than um, Sadi and Juventus. Um, just because, as Andy says, 
there's been complete buy-in uh, into um, and you've already seen new recruits hit the ground running um, and it's clear that all of Inter's players know exactly what they have to do uh, they know what options are available to them and I think when you have all of those solutions in mind it makes playing the game easier you're not mm. phased um, even in big games and I think Inter also getting lots of goals from all over the place. Um, you know, Lukaku's not played particularly well. He's got three and five. The midfielders are scoring. Defenders are scoring. Um, yeah, it's classic Conte sharing the goals around. I think Juventus, we've seen them play the last two games, newly promoted sides, Hellas Verona and Brescia. They've gone behind early in both of them. They've come back and won. Um, but it's clear that um, the defence, um, and I'm not just talking about the back line, but the team as a whole, when they don't have the ball, they need to be better. Uh, I think that will come with time. I think the issue is Conte gives you no time whatsoever, no margin for error. Mm. Um, his team will go on uh, a run, which they are at the moment. He's, you know, he's, um, he's only the third Inter manager to start his Inter career with five straight wins in the league. And... We're going to have to see what uh, what Sarri comes up with. I think in that in that game in the Derby d'Italia, because you can you can imagine what the optics will be like if they lose that and he loses that game to an inter side and club which has got Marotta at the top of it and Conte mm. uh, in in charge. It's amazing. It'll be it will feel like a lot more than just a standard issue defeat against a good team, won't it? Yeah. On on the other hand, um, Juventus did manage to keep the Mario Balotelli juggernaut at bay this yes. week, didn't they? He he was absolutely. I mean, Balotelli was a man on the mission in that game. He, that every was single free kick, classic Balotelli. To be fair, he almost scored from everywhere. Yeah. But, but on on the on the Juve thing, do you think Ronaldo will muster himself for the Derby d'Italia? Do you think he'll bother? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he didn't bother for the best awards. A lot's been read into that. He didn't feature at all in this win against Brescia. They played a slightly different system with Ramsey starting the game. What do you make of the Ronaldo situation at the moment? Or am I reading too much into it? Well, I mean, Sarri said that he had muscle fatigue after the... So he couldn't go to an event. He couldn't go to the win against Hell. <laughs> well, I initially, when he didn't attend, I thought, um, yeah, they've got a match on Tuesday night. You know, his focus yeah. is on that. But then he wasn't in the squad. He was given given a rest. Um, because they've got lots of games coming up. Um, but, you know, it was quite interesting, actually, how Sarri reacted to uh, Ronaldo not being in, in the team, because they they played 4-3-3 for the most part, or kind of 4-4-2-ish um, uh, over the last four games. In this one, they played 4-4-2 diamond with uh, Ramsey as a 10, Higuain and Dybala up front. Um, and he said, you know, when we're not playing Ronaldo... What we have to kind of appreciate is that we've got loads of midfielders, partly because we couldn't shift some of them in in, in, in yeah. summer. So yeah. so so how do we try to? We have to come up with a way of of getting these players involved as much as possible. And I, I suppose a diamond in midfield is one way of doing that. Um, but it's also like Matuidi's been a really big player for Juventus in the first four uh, four games of the season. He's a big big player for them, not only because he's very good. But because when you've got Ronaldo playing in front of him and Ronaldo does little or nothing when he doesn't have the ball and when his team doesn't have the ball, you need someone like Matuidi to cover ground, to recover, to help your team win the ball back. He didn't start the game either, did he? So he didn't start the game either. Mm. And I think this is quite interesting in that mm. um, without Ronaldo, you don't have to play Matuidi. You can then play maybe a more technical-based midfield which helps you keep the ball, mm. pass the ball better, um, mount and sustain pressure better. And... Again, it's a way of getting Dybala into the team um, as well. And I think Dybala was probably ma the Juventus' man of the match in both these games against Verona and Brescia. And Dybala haters will say they're against two new newly promoted sides, blah, blah, blah. But I just think he makes them so much easier on the eye. He connects the dots um, uh, better than some of their other centre-forwards, although Higuain's link-up play is really good. But um, part of me thinks that... <laughs> I'm not going to say Ronaldo's holding Juventus back, but... In some respects, Sarri has to play Ronaldo. You know, they, when you when you're paying someone 31 million, but I think a year, you know, you have to basically build your team around that player. But and they have to move to the timeline of someone who's going to be 34 very soon. Part, but but you, part you, of me thinks that that in, I mean, he keeps saying that so you're not going to see the football that I played at Napoli at Juventus because we've got different players um, mm. and we're, we're they're more physical here, um, they're stronger um, and. 
but there are personnel in that Juventus team where you think, oh, okay, if you play but, a four four two diamond with with uh, with Ramsey, Rabio, and Dybala, you can, and you've got your you've got your Brazilian fullbacks, and you've got Delict at the back, you've got work, Benucci yeah, at the back. Yeah, you yeah. can you can kind of do that. He's forty. He's thirty four now, by the way. He's thirty five in February. Yeah, Ronaldo. yeah, you're um, right. Uh, but you guys have said in the past that Ronaldo, like these days, likes to taper his season so that he finishes strongly in the second half of the season. That was all very well and good last year when there was no realistic challenger to the Serie A title when there is one now. I mean, Sarri, the, the, the other thing you guys haven't really mentioned is that Sarri might need him. He might be desperate for an X-Factor to mm. try and win the league because it's not going to look good for him if he comes into the event for the first time. His first big job in Italy, technically speaking, really. Mm. Uh, and um, and it's the first time for a while they don't win the league. Well, so yeah. there's a lot of stuff to, to think about there. They've only got two clean sheets in five games, um, which isn't disastrous by any means um, because they've won four of those games. Um, but they're vulnerable at set pieces as we saw uh, against Napoli, as we saw against Atletico Madrid. Um and they are taking a bit of time um, to uh, kind of relearn how to defend. You know, yeah. defend stepping up rather than backing off. Mm. Um, defend zone rather than defend man. And um, you know, you, you look at you know Conte's Inter at this moment in time. Um, they've kept. Uh, they've only conceded one goal so far. Um, they don't give up many chances, and. Um, they should be taking more of their chances up front as well. Um, yeah, they should be scoring more. Eboué, 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 out. You looking forward to the um, Madrid derby? Very much so. And um, Atletico got something to prove in this because it's been a while since... They've won in, in the Madrid derby. I Real Madrid, now top of the table. That, was, yeah. that looked weird to see that. When they beat Osasuna, you look at them and you go, right, now they're top of La Liga. And all the chat about them has been, what is going on with them? And yet, yet they're top. Well, we talked about returning coaches and big results with Leonardo yeah. Jardim. I think you can argue that Real Madrid's win at Sevilla last Sunday night is even bigger. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, they gave a, a good, solid performance um, deserve to win 1-0 um, but Lopetegui slept very badly that night <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, Benzema coming up big for Zidane as he has on so many occasions before and um, that they looked like a team uh, they were so disjointed in Paris what four days before and this was completely the other side of the coin they, they looked well drilled they looked organised they looked tough to, to, to break down um, of course they've since gone on then um, to win in the week against Osasuna, which you would expect. And of course, we saw that fantastic goal from Rodrigo and what an incredible first contribution that that, that was from him mm. uh, after Vinicius Junior scored in, in, in the first half. You like him, don't you, James? Yeah, I think he's... Um, well, I, I just... I like players who aren't afraid to take others on. Mm. Um, and I think this game, again, was an example of that where he was just, you know, being told to make the most of his one of his key strengths, which is speed and being able to go past players and just go for it. Encouraging for Real Madrid as well because they, they changed it quite a lot between the Sevilla game and the Osasuna game. Yeah. Played a different way. And, and every, players. Every, everyone has had to this yeah. week because, um, you know, it's intense, especially for the teams that are Osasuna weren't up Europe. too much though, were they? And no, but, you know, they're going to be fighting against relegation for much of this season. They're, they're brave, you can say, mm. um, but, but, but that's it. You know, Real Madrid have made heavy weather of beating average teams this season. Mm. So um, they looked a little bit more comfortable in this. Um, Jovic was unlucky not to to get his goal. He had one ruled out for one of those toenail offsides. I believe that's what we call them yeah. now, isn't it? Oh, well, don't we, we'll be talking about frame rates in a minute and HD cameras and all the rest of it. Oh, can't, I'm having can't, none of that. Can't, can't, uh, that. <laughs> can't get into that. That's Jonathan Wilson's thing. Next time he's... We'll ask him on the Blizzard to do something about that. Yeah, But um, I, I think... It, it all goes back and it feeds in really nicely to one of Zinedine Zidane's pledges from the end of last season where he said, don't worry about the Champions League. What we need to be doing this season is this season coming. In other words, this season, 1920, is winning La Liga mm. because we haven't won it enough in the last decade and it's, it's, it's not good enough. Mm. And now you look at what's happened with Barcelona and the, the fact that they they can't put one foot in front of the other on the road at the moment. And of course, they've beaten at Granada, a promoted side last weekend, although Granada have done well. That's still a a, a, a terrible result for, for Barcelona. Yeah. Um, 
and everything feels a little bit more settled at, at Real Madrid. Um, I do wonder if he were to go on and, and, and win the league, whether an early Champions League elimination is something they, they could live with. Oh, come on, Andy. It's Real Madrid. I know. It's, it's, it's Real it's, Madrid. It's, it's hard to say. It's, it's all about the manner, though, isn't it? In the, we talked about this so many times. It's, it's in the manner that you go out of the Champions League. It's not necessarily where you go out as long as it's in the knockout. It, it just makes me laugh because, you know, you, 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 when it suits it, when it suits the situation, oh, this is a team that defines themselves for the Champions League. That's what they say. And now all of a sudden it's fine to go to the Champions League because they want to win the league. No, that's supposed to be a big club. That, 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 that's not what they're saying. Yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. I'm saying maybe... So that, secretly they think it won't be the I'm, end of the world. I'm, I'm saying maybe they can tolerate it. Maybe, well, they know they're not good enough to win the Champions League. I mean, see what they did in Paris last week. I mean, they I weren't for what, idea, three of their four still, Champions Leagues. <laughs> but they did it anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting seeing them this weekend because Atletico... You can't realistically say that you'd, you'd, they'd be all right to go out no. in the group stage that here. I mean, the group stage... No, 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 no. But, but that would be... Look at the other teams that were in the group. That would be not impossible, but that would be a real shambles if, if they were going to do that. Galatasaray and Bruges, is it? Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, exactly. No, no, <laughs> no, no, I'm not, not having happening. that. It's not, it's not happening. That would be an absolute stinker. But I, I think when you look ahead to the Madrid derby this weekend, um, Atletico have got a lot to prove in this because people are looking at the 7-3 result in pre-season and it was a friendly. The fact is, if you yeah. go if you go back in the last, it's one of the best friendlies I've ever seen. By the way, yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, but I think it's in in the league. It's something like three years since Atletico have beaten Real Madrid, mm. and we think of them as you know the chief irritant for Zidane and 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 Real Madrid. And it's, it's plainly not been the case in mm. in recent seasons. There've been a lot of dull draws in that. But it's it's funny in that period. And certainly in in latter period of the first spell of Zidane, there's a lot of Atletico type football played by Real Madrid, which I think is in one way is the ultimate compliment to them. But it must be quite frustrating for Simeone to see your blueprint copied and then it to be used to do a number on you. It's, it's unfortunate. Interestingly, going back to that friendly as 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 well. The word is that Diego Simeone had this idea, well, okay, I'm going to, just to get under their skin, I'm going to do what we did in that friendly and play with um, Diego Costa, Joao Felix and Alvaro Morata. Can't now, can it? That is no longer possible because Morata, who was being specifically saved for the derby at the weekend, came on at Mallorca, they're winning 2-0, picks up two bookings in under a minute, for 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 gobbing off and starting on uh, Salva Sevilla and you don't start on Salva Sevilla. Come mm. on, he's an institution. Mm. And th- th- now now they're stuck and they're they're left without him. Now, of course, Diego Costa and João Felix both scored in in Mallorca. Uh, some moish. It's the first goal that Diego Costa's got in a very long time. It feels like. Mm. Um, but but still. It's really annoying for Simeone that because he had something particular to upset Real Madrid. And, you know, especially after they gave such a fantastic performance on the road and they never win at Nerdwion. Mm. They always have big problems there and they gave such a good performance, Real Madrid, to, um, to, to, to win that game. And it's amazing how it can all turn around in just a couple of days. It'll be an exciting game. Saturday yeah. night, eight o'clock. Um, definitely one. Or it'll life. be a boring draw, uh, yeah. according to recent history. If you're not um, watching Ramble Football Ramble Live at Alexandra Palace at eight o'clock on Saturday night, which you bloody well should be, get your tickets now. RambleLive.com. Watch the Madrid derby. In fact, do you know what? I might come on stage and just stick it on the big screen. <laughs> so there we go. Watch that for a couple of hours. Uh, yeah, nice. Was a Stakhanov production. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. 
Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.